sound like a man (laughs) what an what an intro what an intro hold on all right hey guys how's it going i'm lisa and i'm eric and welcome to the music matters media podcast if you couldn't already tell thank god first of all that this is an audio format (laughs) and that you can't actually see me right now because if you could uh, you'd be like, who is that homeless person, and what did they do with Lisa? No, come on, they wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, really trying to troop it out today. Eric and I had one hell of a weekend. Uh, do not regret anything. Oh yeah, of course not. You know that was. But if I had to do it all over again, I totally would. Same here. Uh, Friday. I was at the Bruno Mars 24 Karat Magic show at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. It was amazing. I cannot wait to talk about that today. Then on Saturday, Eric and I hit up New York Comic Con. Shout out to anybody that was at Comic Con over the weekend. Always a good time. Been going since 2012. Every year is just such a fun time. And so many talented people in one place. It's truly, it it blows my mind every year. Oh yeah, me too. And this is only my second year going. So, you know, the amount of just, first of all, happiness at being there. And, you know, every other amazing emotion you could possibly experience. Yeah, you guys, this year was actually the first year Eric and I were there together at the same time on the same day. So that was very much, uh... Super exciting for the both of us. Hell yeah. You know, it was was a night of many firsts. And on top of that, to close out the weekend, after I straight up died on Saturday night, Eric took my father out to see the one and only Eric Clapton. Such an amazing night. Oh my God. I can't wait to talk about it. Which, yes, of course, we are also going to be talking about that later in this episode So before we can get to our fabulous weekend, this past weekend, uh, so fabulous that I ended up sounding like this, (laughs) (laughs) we have our top three, our international top three this week. Let's do it. Okay. Coming in at number three, we have Brazil. Nice. Nice to see them again. Shout out to Brazil, all my Brazilians out there. Thank you so much for being so supportive of this podcast. You guys have been in the top three several times in the past. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Seriously, thank you guys so much. You're amazing. 
now coming in at number two, first time ever in our top three. Really freaking cool. South Africa. Wow. South Africa. I never would have seen that coming, but you know what? That's amazing. Right? Right? I'm so pumped for this. So pumped for this because as soon as I saw that and I wrote it down for today's episode, I was like, no way is this possible. South Africa? Oh my God. That is truly incredible. Speechless right now. Completely. Of course. And these are the kinds of moments we live for, you know, just getting random surprises like this. I mean, what's better than that? And coming in at number one, to no surprise at this point, the United Kingdom. They were not going to let anyone dethrone them. (laughs) They were so upset that Germany took the top spot two weeks ago that they were like, nope, 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 not happening. Well, we love you guys so much for being so loyal and for tuning in every week and for fighting for that number one spot. You guys are so awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And there you have it, you guys. That's our top three this week. Coming at number three, we have Brazil. Coming in at number two, South Africa. Coming in at number one, the United Kingdom. Such a cool top three. Shout out to South Africa once again. I cannot stress that enough. I think that is so cool. Seriously, guys, welcome to the top three and thank you for listening to us. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners all around the world. Everybody who takes the time to click play on our podcast. We can't thank you enough. Even during times like these where my voice is completely shot and you still try to stick through and listen anyway because you really care about me and you really care about Eric. Can't thank you enough for just giving us a chance and sticking with us through this podcast. So thank you very much. And have no fear for those who didn't make our top three this week. You can always make our top three next week or any week after that. All you have to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with your loved ones, with anybody who will listen to it. And we could be shouting you out next. All right, Eric. So I'm super excited to talk about this. Bruno Mars, the man, the myth, the legend. He is such an incredible performer. I've never seen him live before. This was my first time, and it was unreal. I can't even imagine. I mean, the dude knows how to do so many things. It's it's so unreal, honestly. I'm going to say a bold statement, but it's the truth, man, and I stand behind it. You have Prince, you have Michael Jackson, and then you have Bruno Mars. I could not agree more with you, honestly. He is so multi-talented, it is ridiculous. He is out there dancing, he is singing his heart out, he's playing all these different kinds of instruments. He really is just a one-man show. It's, it's truly incredible how much he can do just by himself. You know, it's, it's always the jacks of all trades that really just end up surprising you, you know, because they like, they always keep you guessing with what they're going to do next, you know. And you can never judge a book by its cover, you know, because the dude is like my height, right? But he is up there just giving it his all and you totally forget about that because he could just fill up a room with the amount of talent that he has his voice alone is just completely phenomenal uh and he sounds exactly like he does on the records uh even better actually in my opinion yeah for sure there there are songs that he performs live where he 
throws in that just extra little bit of yep, adrenaline and yep. you're just like that oh, extra wish, pizzazz like i wish it was like this on the record but at the same time you're like you know what the fact that this is live and he's doing it just for us you know it's even more special and i just wanted to say even though bruno himself is a jack of all trades when it comes to music the backing band that he tours with is truly such an incredible team They call themselves the hooligans, and I would be doing such a disservice by not mentioning them because they were a huge part of the show. You can never do the show without them because they just offer so much. They bring so much to the table, such a group of talented people. So I really just wanted to give them a shout out and run down the list of who the hooligans are. So we have, obviously, Bruno Mars, lead vocals and guitar. Then we have Philip Lawrence, backing vocals, Fredley Brown, lead guitar and backing vocals, Jamero, aka Jam Artist, bass guitar, Eric Hernandez on drums, Dwayne Duggar on saxophone, James King on trumpet, and John Fawcett on the keyboard and piano. And of course, Bruno himself plays keyboard and piano. Uh, he does a little bit of everything, honestly. But that is who the Hooligans are, and altogether, their stage presence was truly out of this world. There was everything going on on stage. There was drum solos. There was, you know, like I said, mashups. There was uh, confetti blasts and, like, gold glitter-looking confetti blasted into the crowd. There was a lot of pyrotechnics. So there was a lot of fire on that stage and a lot of blasts, which really caught me off guard. Uh, And the person I was with, we kind of jumped back like, oh, whoa. (laughs) But it was really cool. Uh, We never truly got used to it, though. Every time the fire blast would would, uh, pop off, we would be like, holy crap. (laughs) Um, But it was just out of this world the whole production the whole team everything that went into uh making this tour you can tell that it took a lot of time a lot of money a lot of uh people that came together to make this show a memorable one absolutely i mean if there's one thing that people should know about bruno mars is he goes all out from the smallest detail You know, he really puts effort into everything and especially his performances. You know, the hooligans do a great job when it comes to choreography and vocal harmonies. They never disappoint, honestly. He is a true musician and the people that he's with on stage, a.k.a. the hooligans, they are all such a talented group of people. Uh, Like I said before, even though Bruno's a jack of all trades, you cannot take away from these people that work so hard with him to produce the best possible experience every night on this 24K Magic Tour. Uh, And this tour obviously is based off the album that came out in 2016, 24K Magic, which is such a good album. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, my favorite from that album, my favorite song is That's What I Like. And I think that might be one of my favorite Bruno songs of all time. It's definitely way up there. Uh, for the tour, he played around, uh, I would say like 16 to 18 songs. That's a decent set list. So I'm gonna run through them real quick. He opened with Finesse, then we had 24K Magic, Treasure, Perm, 
calling all my lovelies, chunky, that's what I like. Then there was a saxophone solo, Versace on the floor, marry you. Then there was a drum solo, runaway baby, nothing on you slash it will rain mashup. Then when I was your man, then there was a piano solo, locked out of heaven, just the way you are, and the best upon best encore a person could ever ask for, Uptown Funk, which is when I absolutely lost my mind. (laughs) That definitely sounds like the best night ever, honestly. All those songs, I mean, come on. I know you guys hear my voice, and, and a part of why I sound like this today all has to do with Uptown Funk. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> That's what did it for you? That's yeah, what I think took Uptown, your voice away? I think Uptown Funk did me in. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, you guys, uh, it was such an incredible show. I know this uh, tour is going into, I believe, the end of November, uh, maybe into early December, if I remember correctly. So I will put a link to where you can grab some tickets if you want to go see Bruno on tour. If he's coming to a city near you, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And also, guys, um, you should do it because today's Bruno Mars's birthday. So shout Happy out. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bruno. Isn't that insane that today's his birthday? Like, what are the chances of that? It, li- it lined up perfectly with our podcast. It's like he knew. He's like, all right, guys, I will wait to make sure that I'm born 33 years ago. <laughs> on this specific day, because I know 33 years from now, you are going to be recording this specific episode for this podcast. So you're welcome. I feel like that's something he would actually say too. (laughs) (laughs) Bruno Mars is a legend. All right. He is the man. Shout out to Bruno. I cannot wait to meet you someday. Yeah, me too. And I can't wait to see him live one day. That's totally on the agenda for me. Eric, I will totally go see him live again. You and I will definitely catch a show in the future. Next time he comes around to New York, we're there. But just letting you know, Bruno, wishing you the very happiest of birthdays today. You absolutely killed it. Two nights at the Barclays, Thursday night and Friday night, both sold out shows. Congratulations to you, Bruno. You deserve all the success in the world. You and the group of hooligans that you travel with and your close friends, you deserve it all. So happy birthday. And after, from what I'm hearing, was an amazing performance, you definitely deserve to enjoy your birthday to the max. So Eric, enough about me. Let's get into your experience on Sunday. I want to hear it all. First of all, before we go into the concert itself, how was going with my dad and taking him out for the day? Gotta know. So it was definitely awesome. I mean, we've never done something like this before. So it was a really nice opportunity to just kind of mentally prepare for it. We spoke about a bunch of different things, but among them, obviously, was just the anticipation of seeing this legend live. You know, someone that we both are very familiar with, someone he's known forever, someone I've known forever, and someone that inspires me as a as an aspiring musician. So you know, the stakes were high going into this. That's the best way I can describe it for you. 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I know that he was extremely looking forward to it. And let me tell you, last night when he came home, he was glowing and completely, you know, blown away by everything that took place that night. So I can't wait for you to get into it. Let's start off with you guys getting there and seeing the opening bands. How are the opening acts? Who were they? And why should people look into them? So the opening acts are actually superstars in their own right, which I'm super happy to say. The first band that took the stage was Jimmy Vaughn and the Tilt-A-World Band. Now, obviously, to anyone listening to this who knows Jimmy Vaughn, I don't have to explain him to you. He's a legend. But to those who may not be too familiar with him, he is the brother of blues guitar player Stevie Ray Vaughn, who was another legend in his own right, has inspired countless of guitar players, uh, you know, from Kenny Wayne Shepherd to John Mayer. You know, if you listen to John Mayer, you'd have to be deaf not to hear Stevie Ray's influence on him. It's clear as day. Uh, as some of you who know Stevie Ray Vaughan may know, unfortunately, he had a tragic death uh, in a helicopter accident. So, you know, that was very unfortunate. And, you know... The cool thing about Jimmy Vaughn's set list is he actually paid tribute to Stevie Ray Vaughan by playing one of his songs, because apparently it's his birthday in a couple of days. So Jimmy Vaughn decided to play Stevie's biggest hit, or one of his biggest hits, called Texas Flood, a song that's very near and dear to my heart, and I loved that Jimmy put his own stamp on it. You know, what I love about him is that you know, for people who like to compare between the two, Jimmy is, is a legend in his own right. He's got his own playing style, clearly identifiable. He's got a very Chuck Berry type of playing style. So hearing him use that throughout Texas Flood was just a real treat for me. That's really cool, Eric. Yeah, and the band, his backing band, fantastic. Everyone was amazing. The horn section was amazing. Your dad, you know, when, when they were playing... He's like, you know, I could listen to these guys all night. They're fantastic. And I'm like, yeah, right? <laughs> so that was just awesome. You know, if you're a fan of just classic Texas blues, they are definitely for you. They were fantastic. I think they played around a total of five or six songs, including the uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan cover of Texas Flood. It was all fantastic. And I love that the audience had an amazing response to him. Because like I said... Everybody there is a superstar in his own right. So I love that, you know, there was no shortage of star power that night. Absolutely. And now let's get into somebody that you think is phenomenal. Pretty much the next Jimi Hendrix of our time, Gary Clark Jr. Yes, Gary Clark Jr., the savior of the blues, as a lot of people have deemed him. Uh, yes, he definitely does have a sound that's pretty reminiscent of Jimi Hendrix. It's not an exact duplicate. He definitely has his own style of playing, but it's more the high volume he plays at that's really uh, reminiscent of that. But yes, he was phenomenal, and your dad was absolutely blown away by this guy. Because he's only ever heard his, you know, studio songs, but obviously he's never seen him live, but... You know, when we saw him live, I already knew that he was just going to blow the doors off the whole thing. But your dad was just completely floored. He loved Gary. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Because my dad 
uh, he is a sucker for guitar solos and instrumental work like that. So if he sees somebody on stage just wailing on their guitar like that, uh, he is going to go nuts for it. <laughs> yeah, Gary Clark is known for his loud volume. So, you know, I, I knew that was going to get your dad's attention. What's funny is that on some of the songs, he, he didn't really have that much distortion on his guitar. But, you know, overall, the band was super loud. Even even your dad was like, wow, these guys are really loud. And, and I thought, yeah, the drums are in particular are booming. But on most of the songs, they kind of scaled down in terms of the loudness of the guitars. But once they got to the solos, then he really uh, brought Let out the loose. firepower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this guy is phenomenal with whatever he does. Like, sometimes he'll play in a very minimalistic style, and it still sounds amazing because the way he picks up the notes is just so sharp. You know, you can literally feel every note that he's playing. But then, of course, when he really turns up the volume and he just goes into full Hendrix mode, then you're like, wow, you know, this guy is the real deal. And what was cool about his set is... I believe he debuted two new songs, two previously unreleased songs. Nice. I love when yeah, artists yeah. do that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So, you know, if, if I know one of them was new, there was another one that I'd never heard before. So I'm going to assume it was new. So if this is any indication of a future album, I am super excited. Don't you love that? It's such an extra special treat for the audience. It's just like, thank you so much for coming out and supporting us and uh, giving us a chance, checking us out. You know, if you're the opening band and here's a nice little surprise for you. Yes. Now, the difference between Gary Clark Jr. and Jimmy Vaughn is Jimmy Vaughn, like I, I've known who he is for a while. But I'm not too familiar with his discography, so I couldn't really like, I, I couldn't really say I wish he would have played this or I wish he would have played that. But honestly, the fact that he played Texas Flood was like a dream come true for me. So that completely sold me on him. And as for Gary, of course, there were a bunch of songs I wish he would have played from his debut, from his sophomore album. But overall, I was very pleased with the set list in particular because they had new songs. And what I loved a lot towards uh, the end of his set list was he expressed his gratitude, not just for being able to play Madison Square Garden, but for being able to play it with his heroes, the people he grew up listening to. He bought his records. He would watch their tapes and play along to their music. And isn't that the dream? Isn't that the dream that we all have is to, you know, perform or create or to work with people that we once looked up to and that has helped us get us through hard times and it's it's truly such an amazing thing to see a person go from hey I used to listen to you and you were my idol growing up to now we're sharing the same stage together yeah and what I love about him is that yes you can clearly tell that he's like you know, fanboying out over his heroes. But it's also really cool to know that he is his own force to be reckoned with in his own right. You know, he fought hard to get there. He's been playing clubs ever since he was 19 years old, I think. And, you know, the love he has for those musicians and the love he has for music in general really comes off in his, in his albums and his playing. You can tell that he was just super happy to be there, that he was just taking it all in and just so grateful to the audience for 
you know, giving him the chance to be there and just grateful to everything for being able to play with Eric Clapton and with Jimmy. And, you know, I, for one, know exactly what he means because I would love to do that one day myself, you know? I believe in you, Eric. I believe that you will. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, the set list was amazing. Your dad loved it and he was on fire. Now, Eric, before we get into Eric Clapton and his set list and everything about his performance, can you explain to everybody about the select shows that he was doing and why he chose those places and why it was so special? Yes. So this, these, these past couple shows are considered to be part of his farewell tour, as he calls it. According to him, he's been threatening retirement for some time now, but every time he thinks he's going to do it, he can't tear himself away from it he's always like you know there, there's still resistance to it there's still change in the pocket so to speak you know he he can never truly rip himself away from touring in the past but unfortunately he's had a lot of health problems that have threatened his musical career and have threatened to force him to put down the guitar for good so that's why he's been playing fewer and fewer shows and from what it's looking like, the MSG shows this past weekend on Saturday and on Sunday are the last ones for the year. Whether he will do more next year, no one knows. But Everything's kind of up in the air right now. Yes, so if these really are his last couple of shows, then it was a bittersweet moment. But honestly, what a way to go out. I mean, I can't think of anything better. So let's get into it. Speaking of what a way to go out, where do we even begin? Let's begin with the set list and let's talk about his performance and everything that he brought to MSG this past weekend. So in total, he played 14 songs. A lot of them were covers, some were originals, but they were all done in the Eric Clapton style. So I will talk, I will take you through them now. He played Somebody's Knocking, Key to the Highway, I'm Your Hoochie Coochie Man, I Shot the Sheriff, Driftin' Blues, Nobody Knows You When You're Down and Out, Layla, Tears in Heaven, White Room, Wonderful Tonight, Crossroad Blues, Little Queen of Spades, Cocaine, and One Encore, High Time We Went, which was extra special because he invited Jimmy Vaughn and Gary Clark Jr. back to the stage to play that song with him, which I was hoping for because Eric is known for that. Granted, if you're a blues musician, that's kind of what you do. You know, blues music is about brother and sisterhood. It's about playing music and doing it together and just having fun. When you're a blues musician, that's what you love to do. You love having your friends up there playing the same songs with you. And that's that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping to myself, if he does one thing tonight, I really hope that he plays at least one song with Gary and with Jimmy, and my wish was granted. And I love that because, for some of you that may not know, he used to organize this event called the Crossroads Guitar Festival. He did it for a number of years, and basically what he would do is he would reach out to his favorite musicians, blues, rock-based musicians, and he would tell them, why don't you come and play? For an entire day, we'll have a huge lineup of musicians and, you know, we'll play together and then I'll get on stage and we'll all play a few songs together and that's what would be it for 
for a number of years and it was the greatest thing in the world. I love that idea. I love the fact that he wants to give a chance to the up and coming artists and to really give people that spotlight. I mean, it's what we're trying to do here. <laughs> so I think that's really cool. And I love the fact that he is just all about the music and that he is ready to jam with people and it doesn't matter his status in the music industry that he will jam with whoever. Oh yeah, and anyone who's anyone has played those Crossroads Guitar Festivals, you know, you've had John Mayer play there, Gary Clark Jr. played there, the Derek Trucks Band played there, Jimmy Vaughn played there as well, ZZ Top. The list is endless. You know, you have so many musicians that have played there at one time or another. Big names. Yes, big names. Very big names. And what I love is that, you know, it's it's nothing but love at those festivals. You know, from the moment they start to the moment they end, it's just all about the music. It's all about loving, you know, each other, the spirit of the guitar, the spirit of blues music, and you know, what else can you ask for? As it should be. You know, I wish all shows were like that, to be honest. Me too. Which is why it was such a bittersweet moment when he announced the last one back in 2015, I want to say. You know, he announced the final Crossroads Guitar Festival. They even aired it in movie theaters because it was such a big deal. And a couple of years later, now he's announcing retirement. So this was a huge show for everybody who was there. So why do you think this show last night was a game changer for you, specifically? Because this was the first concert of its kind that I've been to. You know, I've, I've been to quite a handful of shows at this point in my life, but never to one like this. You know, for anyone who knows me, and you obviously know me, the blues music has a huge place in my heart. It's near and dear to me. Oh, I know. <laughs> and, you know, to me, the blues is the root of everything, the root of every kind of popular music we know today. So to be able to go see a show like that and, you know, see the root of everything and to see the masters of it play it just meant the world to me because this is where all of my music comes from. This is where all of my influences come from. And to just see it in real time was just... Not just a dream come true, but it was an experience, you know? And not just for me, but for your dad as well. Oh, my dad was in heaven, in actual heaven. I cannot stress that enough. When he came home and he was telling me about the concert, the look on his face was priceless. This was like the highlight of his entire year up until this point. <laughs> and uh, he just had such a good time. He had such an amazing experience and uh, it's a show that he'll never, ever, ever forget. Yeah, and I think the other reason why this meant so much to me is because I've been listening to this music for so long. I've been listening to it across so many records. You know, it's been interpreted a bunch of different times, and it's it's just the greatest feeling to be able to finally get to experience it for myself live. And not just as a listener, but, you know, as an aspiring musician myself, you know, this is kind of what I want to aspire to one day. So not only was it just a pleasant experience as a listener, but I kind of was taking notes as well based on everything that they were doing. So this was a learning experience too. Having said that, and I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna get pretty emotional right now, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody. You know, not just the musicians, but everyone at MSG from the popcorn vendors to security to people selling the merchandise to the people who showed us your seats 
thank you guys for making it such a comfortable experience. And of course, I want to thank Jimmy Vaughn and the Tilt the World Band, Gary Clark Jr. and his touring members, and I want to thank them individually, Zapata, John Bradley, and Johnny Radalot. They also had a keyboard player, but unfortunately I could not find his name anywhere, but thank you too, you did a fantastic job. And unfortunately I couldn't find the names of the tilt world band, but thank you guys, you were fantastic, you killed, your horn section is great, you won Lisa's dad over, it was awesome. And of course, last but certainly not least, thank you to Eric Clapton and your backing band members, Nathan East, Sonny Emery, Doyle Bramall III, Chris Stainton, Paul Carrick, Sharon White, and Charlotte Gibson. So you guys were just so fantastic. You contributed so much to his overall sound, as you always have. All of you are on fire. And, of course, I cannot talk in this episode without thanking Gary, Jimmy, and Eric for everything that you've done, for influencing me, for influencing a huge number of people to pick up the guitar. I don't know how far I'll get in life with my aspirations, but I can only hope I get to half of where you guys are. So thank you for making such amazing records, and thank you for inspiring me to do what I do. Beautifully said, Eric. Wow. That was Wow. That was outstanding. Almost choked up a bit, (laughs) if you couldn't tell. Oh, Eric. That was... Oh, man, Eric. Now you're going to make me feel bad for what I'm about to do to you. (laughs) because you know as always i'm gonna put you on the spot it's my favorite thing to do top three songs from eric clapton what are they i think it's only fair to pick one from i guess each project he's been in okay so the first one i'm gonna pick no particular order but the first one i'm gonna pick is a song called have you heard he was part of this band called John Mayall and the Blues Breakers. And they made an album called John Mayall and the Blues Breakers featuring Eric Clapton. I believe that's what it's called. And otherwise known as the Beano album. It's a cool nickname. Someone gave it. And I don't know if you've heard the story, but someone in England wrote on a wall saying Clapton is God at some point. And for anyone who's ever been curious as to why they did that, Listen to this album. This is why Clapton is God. John Mayall and the Blues Breakers featuring Eric Clapton. You will not regret it. And the song Have You Heard? If that doesn't win you over, I don't know what will. He is fantastic. You already sold me. <laughs> Another song? Let's see. This is, this is tough because this is from his Cream days. And Cream is another huge band for me. As it is for a lot of people. But if I had to pick a favorite... Wow, now you're really killing me with this one. (laughs) (laughs) Eric's just going through a roller coaster of emotions right now, people. (laughs) Yes. Okay. If I had to pick a favorite from Cream. Okay, so I would say Outside a Woman Blues. Because that solo he plays is just so amazing. It's like one of those solos that, you know, it keeps you guessing. And even after you've heard it, like, a million times, you just can't get your head around it the sound he gets from his guitar is fantastic the way he plays it the song in general is fantastic as well the way he sings it too is awesome it's pure clapton i love it and as for a third song 
this is tough because this is from his solo career and he's got so many solo albums, including even Derek at the Dominoes. Derek and the Dominoes. That's, to me, that's part of his finest work. But, and this one's a tough one just because of the, the story behind it, but I would have to say Tears in Heaven. Nice. And before we close out today's episode, let's just bring it back to Bruno really quick because I know you are also a huge fan of Bruno Mars just as much as I yes, am. Yes, I am. So let's close out his birthday episode by listing off our favorite Bruno Mars songs. <sighs> okay, so any specific number or just... Uh, you know what? It's his birthday, so let's just, we could just shoot him out there. You know <laughs> okay, what? Why okay. why limit ourselves, you know? All right, so definitely Runaway Baby. I love that song. And the way he does it live, fantastic. Uh, Grenade, for sure. Yes, totally agree. Um, When I Was Your Man, definitely. Yes, classic. Uh, Chunky, I love that song. Yes. Finesse, both versions. I love both versions of Finesse. Love that song. That's what I like. Love that song. Uh, Just the Way You Are. Love that song. Uh, Off the top of my head, I'm trying to... Oh, the first song I ever heard by Bruno, aside from Nothing On You featuring B.O.B., was Billionaire featuring Travis McCoy, and I freaking love that song. Uh, that's when I heard him in Billionaire, that was when I was like, this guy is going to be big and his whole life changed after that period of time. So that song always takes me back to, to the beginning of Bruno's journey. So I got to give a shout out to that song, Billionaire, such a good song. Other ones that I love are the Lazy Song. Yes. And Gorilla. That's how I feel today. (laughs) (laughs) Gorilla is another amazing one. Yes. So good. When I saw him play that live for the first time on TV, it was fantastic. I loved it. And come on, we can't not mention Uptown Funk. Of course. I mean... Uptown Funk is the anthem. That is the song. And I know some of these songs got played into the ground on the radio. But once you get a good break from them and you go back to them, you're like, wow, yeah, this is a banger. Yes, hats off to Mark Ronson for that song. You know, he did a fantastic job on that. Bruno Mars, you're phenomenal. I am completely blown away by you. Happy birthday, Bruno. Happy birthday. And you guys, on that note, we are closing out this episode. Please let us know if you're a Bruno Mars fan or an Eric Clapton fan or anybody else that we spoke about in this episode. We want to know all about your favorite songs by them, your favorite albums by them, if you had a chance to go see them on tour. We want to know it all, you guys. Please feel free to reach out to us at www.musicmattersmedia.com. All of our socials are there. And while you're there, please check out articles and photos and videos and just everything that the website has to offer. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. We even have a playlist up there of what we are currently listening to right now that gets changed every single month and updated. So please look into that. And most of all, thank you for sticking it out with me and my shitty voice this week on the podcast. Hopefully by the next episode, I'll be back to normal. But thank you for sticking it out on today's episode. Guys, please stay tuned for our next episode.